Good afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Rob Plouffe. Welcome back to Mid-Michigan Bowling News, the podcast for bowlers in the greater Flint area and the state of Michigan. All right, we are at Colonial Lanes. It is Saturday, February 20th, 2021. Uh, Welcome to podcast number 27 on uh, Mid-Michigan Bowling News, and I am sitting down with the Flushing Boys Bowling Program today. I've got uh, head coach Jeremy Jervelin, and I've got two members of the team, uh, TJ McCartney and Connor Letter. TJ, what grade are you in? I'm a sophomore. You're a sophomore? Yes. And you are a junior, Connor? Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for sitting down with me. So um, my main goal today was to sit down and talk to Connor Letter because for those of you who have not heard, on, was it Thursday night? Yeah. Thursday night at Grand Blank Lanes, Connor Letter bowled a 299 game for the Flushing Varsity Bowling Team. Um, that is your highest game ever? No. You bowled a 300? Yes, sir. How many 300s have you had? One. So um, I know this because uh, Jeremy's my nephew, but you had a 299 game as a freshman in regionals? Is that true? I no. had the 300. Oh, it was the 300? At regionals, yeah. Okay, as a freshman. Yes. And that was at Richfield? Yeah. And 299 the other night, which yep. uh, until today was the highest game of the year in the Flint Metro Conference. But um, if you didn't hear, there was a young man from Corona who shot 300 today mm-hmm. out to River, River Bend Bowl. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to track him down and get him on the show. Um, so... Uh, before we go too much further, go ahead and uh, tell us what it was like to shoot 299 the other night. Walk us through your experience. Tell us what was going through your head as you got up there in the in the tenth frame. Um, tenth frame, I was kind of focusing on like if I wanted to move or not, like move, you know, my positioning with my feet, because the left lane and the right lane were a little bit different. The left lane was hooking a little bit more, and I was just, you know, my ninth frame was on the right lane, so I was, I wasn't sure if, you know, I didn't want to go high, and I didn't want to shoot like a 270 or something and throw that, so I ultimately decided I'm not going to move, I'm just going to throw, and the 10th frame was, or the 10th ball was probably the best one I'd thrown the entire game, so that was exciting. And then 11th frame, or 11th ball, kind of same thing, but that one was, I was a little bit in my head there. My legs were shaking because, you know, adrenaline, so I got that one out a little bit right. It came back, kind of barely struck, which I was happy about. And then 12th ball was pretty much the same thing. Legs were shaking again. And that one, I, I was able to calm myself down, but then I didn't look at my mark. Ball went far right, came back a little bit, and then shook the seven, but I left that. So you left the seven pin on the last shot. Yep. So I can't help but notice the ball that you were throwing today out there in the lane. Is that the same ball that you used on Thursday? Yeah. The radical conspiracy theory, which uh, in my mind is one of the best balls I've ever, I've ever had. Um, is that what you are throwing too? Yeah, I, I used it the first game today. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I got that ball last year. Jeremy drilled it up for me. Out of the box, best bowling ball I've ever had in my entire life. That is a really, really good ball. I'm not sure what's so special about it, but I was working for you again out there today. 
Um, okay, before we go too much more into you, TJ, um, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, sophomore. Yeah. So did you bowl on the varsity team as a freshman? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. So um, before we started the show, Jeremy mentioned that uh, you didn't have such a great tryout, but you did uh, finish strong. Had a had a big game the last game of tryouts. Yeah, my first my first day was struggling. I don't think I bowled above a 190, and then the second day I kind of got back into the groove and I threw like 190s and I think 1200. And then my third day, the first game was pretty decent. I think I shot a 198 and then kind of fell off my second. But the third game, I was really into it and I got a 265, and that really brought me back. Nice, congrats. Thank you. So um, you had a big set on Thursday as well. What did you shoot? I shot a 255 and a 279. Wow, that's a big set. Is that the high in the year in this conference? Yeah, it is. Nice job. Thank you. Congrats. So today you guys had a match here at Colonial. You guys bowled against Fenton. Um, TJ shot 233-211. Connor 205-243 today. Led the team today. Four. 48 leads the team. Um, you guys shot 1,005 and 1120 your team games. Your 1120 is your high for the season. Um, why don't you guys touch on what it means to be a part of the Flushing Bowling Program and each of you separately talk about your team and what, what you think your guys' team is about. Connor, you can go ahead and start. What's it mean to be a part of the Flushing Bowling Program? I think personally it's kind of like I don't know, it makes me happy, really, because it's like, it's something I can kind of just like get out of my house for, because I just kind of sit at home all the time, except for bowling, really, and it's just kind of like something that's, I just personally really enjoy, and, you know, my teammates are really good, I got a good coach, and it's just, it's all around a really good experience. Yeah, um, go ahead, TJ. I would say that the team is very supporting, and when you're down and in your head, they try to get you out of it. And the same goes for when somebody else is struggling. And a uh, coach helps a lot when you're really struggling. And having that behind you, it really helps and gives you confidence on the lanes. And I don't think there's a bad person at all, even on the JV teams. That's good to hear. So you guys won today. Uh, final score was 25 to five. You guys are now six and one. Uh, more than halfway through the season, you guys are out in front. You're in first place right now. Uh, looks like Swartz Creek and Kersley are uh, right on your tail. How do you guys feel about the end of the season coming up here? Go ahead. Um, I think it's going to be kind of stressful because our last match of the season is against Swartz Creek, and they're really good. So I think it's going to be, you know, we gotta focus and we gotta calm ourselves and we can't get in our heads and then immediately after we have positions so we don't really get a break there. There's no you know, no time to calm down. So I think really we just gotta go in and do what we know how to do. You don't bowl position around the same day, do you? It's No, but it's like they're like back to back. It's is it a week apart? How do you feel about it? Um, I'm kind of nervous about the Swords Creek game. I feel like we still got to keep our heads in the game for the other matches because that's kind of why we lost. It's because we dropped our heads and thought it was an easy game. Uh, but I think if we keep our heads up, we can beat Swords Creek. 
and then positions, I feel happy about that. So you're you're absolutely right. You got to concentrate on the next match that's right in front of you. Don't think about that Swartz Creek match yet. Take care of business. Um, Jeremy, you got anything to add to that? Um, I'm beyond ecstatic with uh, the boys' performance thus far. Um, the Wasso match was definitely one that we uh, they kind of got stuck in a rut and couldn't pull themselves out. But uh, if there's a positive out of that, I have never seen them come together and bowl as a team since that match. Um, really, they all have been lights out after that match. Um, we've shot two of the highest sets that we have of the season after that. So um, I think as much as losing sucks, it definitely motivated them to uh, go after what they want, and that's to be uh, the conference champs. Speaking of conference champs, you guys have won back-to-back -back conference championships? Correct. In the Flint Metro Conference, so you're going for your third straight? Um, that is no easy task. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but the Flint Metro Conference is one of the uh, one of the better bowling conferences in the state of Michigan. It really is. There's uh, there's some great competition here. There's a lot of kids that have come out of this conference that have gone on to bowl collegiately. Um, Andrew Anderson bowled in this conference, and uh, he's a professional bowler now. Um, Tom Smallwood was a flushing guy. He's a professional bowler. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good bowlers that come out of this area. So uh, to win a conference title in the Flint Metro Conference is a, is a monumental task. It's not easy to do. And uh, you, guys are, you guys are looking at fight, fighting for three straight. That's a major, major accomplishment, whether you believe that or not. Um, okay, this time I want to touch on Connor. Um, we're going to talk about your experience as a sophomore because you are a junior now. Yep. As a freshman, you came out and tore it up. Uh, you shot 300 in regionals, for goodness sake. So um, no doubt about it, you were, you were on fire as a freshman. So um, I don't want to harp on the fact that you had a tough sophomore year, but I want you to tell the listeners what happened to your sophomore year, uh, what was the experience like, and do you think it made you a better bowler and a better person? So go ahead, tell us what happened. Well, I think, honestly, it started immediately after my freshman year because I just, I remember somehow getting injured and then I developed a lot of bad habits that I carried all through the summer and then all through my sophomore year until bowling, obviously, and then... What kind of injury did you have? I think it was something with my leg. Uh, which made it to where I messed up my approach and then I messed up how my arm was swinging. And then I kind of just really got down on myself because I could never really, you know, I came off 300 regionals, a mass states, and then I kind of just fell off and I couldn't really, I was barely bowling 200s, I was just like really struggling and then that carried into my sophomore year when I had a few friends that were like, oh, he's going to make varsity again. And, you know, it's not their fault, but I was just, I was in my head. I wasn't really, like, there. I had a lot of bad habits, and it just, it just didn't come. And I was on JV, and personally, I think that was a really good thing because I had a lot of fun on that team. I, you know, got a lot of my stuff back. I still didn't really shoot amazing, but I was consistently 180s, 190s which I was happy with. 
I had a lot of fun with my team. I think I also kind of learned with a lot with a younger team of a lot of freshmen that how to be a leader and you know how to get your team up when they're down. And it was all around a lot of fun. And then I got a lot of confidence back too, which carried into this year. Confidence is key. Uh, that's perfect. That's exactly what uh, I was kind of looking for out of you. Was like, how did that, how did that change you? Like, not just as a bowler, as a person. Yep, that was good. Very good answer. Um, okay, Jeremy, uh, this is your third year. Yeah, third year. Third year as the head coach here. Yep. And you were also assistant at Kersley for. Uh, probably accumulatively three or four years. So yep. this is your sixth year probably coaching? Yep. Um, you're also a member of the MHSIBCA now, uh, Coaches Association. Um, tell me what you feel like your team's chances are this year compared to the last two years. Um, I feel more confident than I ever have in my team and I think that they they really feed off of my confidence and I, I truly don't, there isn't anybody that we can beat and we just have to go fill frames and I'm constantly on them to do just that. Um, I'm really not afraid of anybody. These uh, these kids are definitely a great group of guys and they, they really are getting very good at pulling themselves out of the rut if they do fall into one. So uh, nobody's left behind. But yeah, I feel very good about our chances this year. Um, like you said, we definitely have a very tough conference that we bowl in, and uh, I don't feel like uh, it's going to be given to us in any way. We're going to have to earn it. No doubt about that. Yep, there's a couple of tough teams left there. Swords Creek and Kersley. Those boys' teams are both very, very good. Um, you and I talk a lot about bowling. And um, at some point, you and I are going to sit down and do one of these podcasts on our own, and we're going to talk a little more about equipment. Um, but you you have been my ball ball driller for years now. How long have you been drilling equipment? Um, just over 11 years now. About 11 years. So you supplied pretty much the entire Kersley girls team with bowling equipment for, for a while now. Mine included, my wife's and my kids. Um, obviously, I'm gonna guess that you're helping the uh, flushing kids out as well uh, which makes a big big difference as you well know now um, the conspiracy theory you're throwing one as well uh, the radical equipment uh, I'm completely sold on I don't think there's a better ball line out there right now that's just my personal opinion but um, it's, it's it's very very good but touch a little bit on uh, how important the equipment is and how important it was for you to go learn from Mo Pinnell how to how to drill and you know what has it done for your team? Um, choosing to get into drilling bowling balls was something that I kind of got interested in a long time ago, and uh, really I got started to kind of help uh, just your family and Hannah and Lindsay and really just anybody because it seemed like uh, we had. We had struggles. I know you and I have both driven a long ways to get stuff drilled in, in the past, and uh, it's just something that I've always been passionate about. And I see so many kids and adults alike that have problems with their fit and their equipment, and 
that is such a huge part of the game that you don't even want to have to worry about when you get to the lanes. And um, these, uh, both both the boys and the girls team, both, um, they don't have to worry about that now because I'm constantly on them to not live with a bad fit. And I see so many kids out there, they're tearing their thumbs open or fingers, and it's just, it's so common that, um, that, that makes a difference in their confidence, and it's just one less thing they have to worry about. Um, I don't tell them where they got to go to get their stuff drilled. I, I tell them there's plenty of places to go, but I tell them it better be ready wherever they go because I don't want to have to worry about messing with it during the match. Make sure you get it fixed and you're feeling good about it before we even start. So, You guys understand how important that is? Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is. Uh, that That is a huge part of the success that you guys are probably having right now, and I know it was a big part of Kersley's success through the years. Um, the last thing I want to touch on with all three of you is this place that we're at, Colonial Lanes. Um, you guys all know that the coronavirus has played havoc with bowling centers and, and the sport uh, throughout the entire state, and this place uh, for sure I mean, Jeremy and I talk a lot. I heard rumors that they were in trouble. Uh, it's great to see that they reopened. They're busy. Things are going well here. But I want you guys to, to touch on how important uh, it is to have a place like this that supports your bowling program and um, Mr. Doyle, who supports you guys, and how important it is to you and your team. So go ahead, Connor. You can start. You know, I think this place personally has like, you know, like a special place in my heart because I started bowling here probably over 10 years ago with my grandma and then my grandpa and you know, I, it was always something that I'd do every Saturday morning. I'd go to my league and there are also so many like nice people here that, you know, the staff are friendly. Mr. Doyle is an amazing man. And, you know, I'd really, if this place would shut down or be sold or really anything, I'd be devastated because I've been here more than half of my life and, I don't know, it's just a really special place to me. TJ? I feel the same way. It's very special to me because um, even when I was very young, like six, our elementary school would actually take field trips here uh, as like a day thing. And it was probably the best time I had and I got interested in bowling in seventh grade, and I don't think if Colonial wasn't so close, I don't think I would be in bowling right now. It's just everybody's super friendly, the lanes are nice, and it's just special to me. So it makes a big difference that the bowling center is actually in Flushing. It's part of your community. It's real close to the high school here, right? Um, that, that does make a big difference. Uh, I always, as a Kersley guy, we had Richfield that, I mean, it's literally a mile away from the high school. It was always very, very close, so uh, it definitely makes a big difference. Um, when you don't have to drive to another community to go practice, you're here with flushing people. It definitely makes a difference. Jeremy? Um, yeah, we definitely would not have the success that we do without um, Jerry Doyle and Colonial Lanes. It's plain and simple. Um, he definitely has been a huge supporter of the, pro, the bowling program since the inception. 
back in 2003, I believe, is when it got approved by the MHSA. So uh, he never asked for any money from us, and he's always very accommodating when we do have our tournaments and when things are rolling. Um, yeah, I, I can't thank Jerry and the Doyle family enough for allowing us to to have a house to call home, if you will. And uh, we definitely owe them a lot of our success, for sure. Yeah, this this place is uh, it's pretty special. Let's hope that they uh, continue for many, many years. Um, you, you mentioned something that uh, I want to ask the bowlers um, in the past over the past 15 to 20 years high school bowling not only included just Metro Conference matches it included a lot of tournaments um, you guys got to bowl in a lot of tournaments just like our team did as well what's it like for you this year when right now all you have is the conference matches go ahead um, last year the tournaments were a very big part because it would be right after conference, so the day after. And the tournaments were probably the thing that brought us as a team last year. I think it was the first Baker's Tournament of the Year at Monitor Lanes. Um, we really bonded there and we really wanted to strive ourselves to be better and we actually got third place off of it. And I don't think we would have been as, as successful without the tournaments. But this year it's kind of weird because it's not match and then tournament and then match and then tournament. And it you kind of miss the competition because there's a lot of teams that aren't in the conference that would be at tournaments. So it's kind of weird not being against them. Definitely gives you an idea how you stack up against other teams across the state, right? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a nice gauge to have. Uh, right now you've got no idea what your competition is out there, right? Connor? I think... Bowling without tournaments, seeing that I've done it basically two years in a row now, it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of nice at one like as one aspect because you get a Sunday off to relax, but then it's also like you know I want to bowl and I want to you know bowl these good guys that these really strong bowlers and I want to go out there and I want to win because. My freshman year, we bowled a lot of tournaments, and I was this really short dude, and there was a lot of big upperclassmen, and I was scared. And now I think I'm ready. I think I have the knowledge to go out there and bowl tournaments, but there really aren't any. So I think it's definitely different not having any, but I think it's also kind of nice because it gives a break, and you don't get you don't burn yourself out. Did you feel like you were getting burnt out before? My freshman year, definitely. After the season was over, I bowled like some league two days a week, and it was just too much for me, with the leg injury and just just bowling that much after bowling, you know, twice a weekend, three times a weekend. Sometimes it was just it was just too much. So I think it's definitely nice, but I want to get back into tournaments. <laughs> Sounds to me like you miss it, <laughs> Jeremy. How do you feel about it? It's definitely a huge gauge on what the competition looks like around the state. Um, you really kind of stuck with maybe perusing through some stat sheets of different conferences and just kind of gauging it off of that. But more than anything, I think tournaments, they learn a lot about themselves and as a team and how to 
gel in how to overcome adversity because um, we've all been to tournaments that we did a lot worse than what we thought we were. So much like our loss in the conference to Wassel a few a week ago, um, those tournaments do the same thing. They really motivate them to to go out there and be the best that they can be. So. Yeah, the tournaments. Uh, I know my kids loved bowling in those tournaments, and um, and I I enjoyed running them. Which uh, side note? Uh, last night I was contacted. I'm going to help Mr. Tubbs. We are going to do a uh, JV tournament this year. Uh, it's going to be Richfield and uh, Bees the weekend before state finals. So the same weekend that you guys are going to regionals, they're going to do a JV tournament. And uh, Tubby's idea was. Uh, the Flint area teams, and then you know we, we could probably bring on a few more uh, over at Richfield, but um, we are going to do that. That is going to happen this year. There is going to be an end of season JV tournament. I, I believe the JV season might even bowl after that tournament. They do one more match, I think, for the state finals. Um, speaking of state finals, there still is not a decision from the MHSAA on where the state finals are going to be. We do know that they're going to be the last weekend in March, the 27th and 28th, something like that, Friday, Saturday. Um, and we do know that regionals will be the weekend before that, Friday and Saturday. There was rumors before the high school season started that they were going to split uh, bowling into five different divisions. They were going to go with a district tournament to cut teams before they got to regionals. Um, it appears at this time that uh, there will be no district tournament. And uh, as of today, we're only four weeks away from regionals, which means there will probably not be much change to regionals. So um, the rumors that I'm hearing are regionals will be smaller, that uh, there'll be less teams going, less teams will be going to the state finals. Um, it may be, you know, I think uh, last year, my team, when we went to regionals, we had 16 teams. I don't know how they're going to try to split that up, but um, I think that they're going to try to go less teams, and it sounds like maybe uh, not the top three teams going to the state finals this year. I'm not totally sure. They haven't finalized any of that yet. But um, I do know that there is probably not going to be any districts this year. So as far as tournaments go, there might not be any tournaments for high school bowlers until you go to regionals. That's going to be your first tournament experience, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus. Um, and I do know this, that uh, part of the problem with this is our, our governor has extended the 25% uh, capacity to the end of March, which covers regionals and state finals. And unfortunately, because of that, I believe, and I know for a fact, that bowling proprietors are not raising their hand saying, I want to host regionals and I want to host state finals because they're not going to make any money. And uh, let's be honest, that's what bowling centers are here for. They're in business to make money and if uh, they can't make any money, they're not going to volunteer to host something. So it's they're having a difficult time finding bowling centers to do regionals and state finals. Um, but I do believe it is going to happen. And uh, hey, you guys are halfway through the season already. So that's pretty good. Um, we are 27 minutes into a podcast already. Does it feel like it's been that long? No. No. no? <laughs> um, do you guys have anything that you want to add? Not really. Not that I can think of. You guys are feeling real good about your team right now? 
Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I walked in here today after your two Baker games and watched those two individual games. And I can tell you right now, you guys are really, really good. That was impressive to watch. There was a whole lot of strikes out there. Kind of felt bad for the other team. <laughs> but uh, you guys looked really good. Um, your team's looking really strong. Um, one final thing that I do want to touch on before we sign off here. There is a change this year to high school bowling. There's only uh, six guys, six girls allowed on a roster instead of seven. Um, that's a that's a difficult task, especially as a coach, when you only have one guy to be able to come off the bench. But um, how do you guys feel about uh, having six people and uh, maybe even touch a little bit on you're only allowed to bring three bowling balls into a bowling alley nowadays, right? Isn't that Correct, yeah. part of the rule? How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I think definitely during tryouts it made it a lot more competitive because, you know, there are a lot of good bowlers that are starting to, you know, get strong, grow up, and become pretty good. So having six instead of seven was definitely a little bit of extra added stress. Tammy, can you grab that? But I think – oh, that ruined my train of thought. Um, <laughs> the six bowlers instead of seven. Yeah. It definitely makes it more competitive, but I think also it's like it's good. Well, it's good because it makes us more on our toes because there's more people and less spots, so you have to be better. But then once you get into matches, it's a little unfortunate because if you have two people having a bad day, one of them has to stay in. And, you know, they can try and get out of it, and, you know, they can try and get pins in total and count, but not having that seventh person who you could swap in who could be having a really good day is kind of unfortunate. I agree. TJ? Uh, yeah, I share the same opinion with him. During tryouts, it was a lot more competitive. And then in the same aspect, it was nice having seven people. But right now, I do like having six because there's a lot more space. And I feel like um, last year, two of our bowlers were always having negative thoughts, and they weren't trying to cheer us on as much as possible. And it kind of like, it would kind of get in my head, but uh, only having one sitting, it, it was it's a lot better. But at the same time, it does suck if two people are having a bad day because we did have two low games today and we could have subbed. But an honest, uh, an honest opinion, we just got to work as a team to try to get that person out of their head. Jeremy, how do you feel about it? Oh, well, I've definitely, uh, I would rather have seven than six. Um, I've even talked to... Debbie and uh, a few of the people at the MHSA to try to, it's just about capacity and they just can't do it, which I totally understand, but um, as the boys alluded to, we do have some days that you have more than one guy that's just not on his game, you know, and it happens, it happens to everybody, but um, as TJ said, I, I really do think that uh, it pushes that person that's having the bad day to probably not have such a bad day because they're they're dependent on more now i think they're all dependent on more now because we don't have the luxury of having uh, two bowlers on the bench to come in and um, fill in where somebody's lacking so it, it definitely puts more pressure on them but i think that they're all showing that they they're ready for that and they're gonna struggle through the whole game and no matter what it takes they're gonna try to fill every frame Good answers. Um, do you guys have anything else that you want to add? Not really. No. Feeling real good about the way you guys bowled today? 
Definitely. Should. Yeah. Should. You guys both good today. Okay, we're uh, 32 minutes into podcast number 27. Thank you very much, Connor Letter, TJ McCartney, and Jeremy Jervlin from Flushing Bowling for joining me today. Um, that's it. Have a good, have a good day. Thank you.